You're listening to Freedom Disciple On Demand. Why the story of Asia Bibi is critical, Israel under attack, and my favorite time of year. Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze, where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles. We have a jam-packed show for you today, and I want to start today's show by telling you a story. And this is not a a made-up story. This is actually a story that's going on in our world right now. And it's not getting anywhere near the attention it does, it deserves. I want you to close your eyes and just take a sip back and just, let's just take a trip, shall we? I want to tell you the story of a young lady who was born and raised in a small rural village in Punjab, Pakistan, which is about 30 miles outside of Lahore. Now this young lady happens to be a Christian. And Pakistan is not a, how should we say this in the nicest possible way, is not exactly a Christian nation. And in Pakistan, and especially in this district, if you're a Christian, if you, you know, have that, you know, belief, that idea, you're considered lower class, you're considered, you know, not quite equal. You know, this idea of all men being created equal, yeah, that doesn't happen here. And when you're a Christian in this area, or if you're, as this lady happens to be, is a Catholic... You know, you're considered lower class and you do the lower class jobs. You know, so you're not becoming a doctor, let's say, or you're not, you know, striving to become a banker or, you know, a teacher. Now, you'll generally be a cleaner or you'll be a sweep the streets type person. You're lower class. Well, this young lady decided that she was going to get married and she married a a brick laborer. And this brick laborer had three kids from a previous marriage and they had to get more together. And in this village that they live in, this family of a man and a woman and five kids are the only Christians in this village. And as she's going about her daily life, as you can imagine, been a Christian and been a, you know, living the life, you're living in a, a Muslim country, a lot of people are urging you, you know, gotta convert to Islam. You gotta, you gotta reject Jesus. You gotta, you gotta say yes to Allah. Well, in June 2009, this lady, when she was out working, she was harvesting berries, and she was with a load of other women in a field, and she was asked to do a job, and the job she was asked to do was, I need you to go to a nearby well, and I want you to go fetch some water, and she did, as she was told, she went to the well and got water, but she did something, you know, you shouldn't really do. You know, she was really bold. She was, she's a nasty woman. She, she, she was so bad. What she did was she decided to, you know what? I'm going to, there was a cup, a metal cup next to the well. And she decided, oh, there's a cup. I'm going to, I'm at the well. There's water. There's a cup. I'm thirsty. It's warm. It's Pakistan. It's not exactly, you know, Ireland. It's, it's warm and it can be dry heat. And she decided, you know, I'm going to drink some water from this cup. And well, that upset a lot of people. Because, you know, the idea of a Christian, oh my God, a Christian drinking from water from the same cup as a Muslim, as the same utensil as a Muslim drink and a Muslim use, well, you see, that's not a good idea because Muslims think you're unclean. They literally think you're, if you've read the Bible and or whether you believe or not, if you've read it, they literally kind of think you're unclean. You're like you, you're like the lepers of the old days. You know, you have to wear the sign and you've got to wear a bell and, you know, be, I'm unclean. Stay away from me. And depending on who you believe, what happens next? Apparently, in her recount of the events, they made a lot of derogatory statements against Christianity. 
And she responded by saying, I believe in my religion and in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for the sins of mankind. What did your prophet Muhammad ever do to save mankind? And why should it be me that converts instead of you? How dare she say that? How dare she say that? The audacity. How dare you say, why should I convert? Why should you? Well, an argument ensued. And eventually a mob went to her house and beat her and some members of her family until she was taken by the police. And the police initiated an investigation into her remarks, not the beatings or not the mob, but her remarks. And long story short, this lady was arrested under Section 295C of the Pakistani Penal Code. Now, in case you're wondering, well, what's the crime here? What was this lady's crime? Well, according to the report and according to the Penal Code, her crime is blasphemy. Because in an interview at CNN, yes, CNN, you know, fake news CNN that you, you, you have in your country, the local police officer claimed the following, that she had said, the Quran is fake and your prophet remained in bed for one month before his death, before he had worms in his ears and his mouth. He married Khalija, if, you read the, if you've ever read the Quran, you know this story, just for money, and after looting her, kicked her out of the house. So that's her crime. Now, let's just say for argument's sake, there's two stories of events. She says one thing, the police say the other. Let's just go with the, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say the lady lied, she didn't say that, and let's say the police officer is telling the truth. That this police officer, everything he says is true. Your Quran is fake. Well, if you're a Christian, you kind of have to believe the Quran is fake, right? It's kind of like you know. Let's and let's you know maybe maybe that's too controversial to say because you know well that's that's you know Muslims and Christians, John. You gotta you gotta be careful. Okay, let me give you another example. I have Jewish friends. We agree on the we agree up until a certain point, and then when Jesus gets involved, my Jewish friends go. One of two ways. They go either, he didn't exist. I have some Jewish friends who think that. They have another, more popular, I would say, Jesus existed. And yes, he was kind of like special and maybe, you know, like a not a prophet, but no, you know, someone, you know, special that we should listen to. And he gave some great advice, but he wasn't the son of God. And he wasn't like a prophet. He wasn't like on Moses' level. He's just another person. Okay. They're supposed to believe Jesus is fake. Do I take that as some type of rejection? No. I'm good with that. This idea of blasphemy is should something be off limits? Should something be said? You can't say that. Is there anything in this world we should not be allowed to say? No matter how vile. No matter how disgusting. Now, should there be things you should be allowed to say in work? Or that you shouldn't be allowed to say in work? Sure. You shouldn't be allowed to talk to your co-workers a certain way. And if you do, you get fired. Should you be allowed to say things a certain way to your certain members of your family? Sure, I can see that. Y'all, you know, don't say things to your family, you know, or there'll be an argument. And then it gets uncomfortable. And you get told you're out of line. But when it comes to the government, should there be anything off limits? Well, in Pakistan, this lady, in 2010, 20, 2010, all of eight years ago, was found guilty. She was subs- she was imprisoned for a year before formally charged. She's basically, to this day, has denied the blasphemous. And what she said is that she was been accused by an old neighbor to settle an old score. Now, there's a couple of things to bear in mind with this. The first thing is, if you actually read the court's transcripts, there is numerous inconsistencies in the evidence that was presented by the, the local government. Because it was the government versus her. But the reporters said, on the, on the record, saying, we dare not say the testimony that was given in the court because we don't want to be accused of blasphemy. A couple of other things you need to bear in mind about this story. In November 2010, there was a judge in the court, and he sentenced her to death in the first case. What I also find funny, you know the way you always read these cases, if, you are, if you've read enough about the world news, there's always these little interesting tidbits that just, just strike me. Maybe I'm just weird and my brain works different ways. So you have this whole blasphemy thing. It's really bad. You can't insult the Prophet Muhammad. Okay, you've been fined. You're going to be hung to death. 
That wasn't her only sentence from the initial uh, thing. She was also fined eleven hundred, the equivalent of eleven hundred dollars. So, like you know, you 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 criticize the Prophet Muhammad, you you say really bad things, and we're going to kill you. But not only are we going to kill you, we're going to take eleven hundred dollars off you. Just I found that interesting. She was the first woman to be condemned to death on blasphemy charges in Pakistan. She was given horrific treatment. She was put in solitary confinement for, quote-unquote, her own protection. And she was put in an 8-foot by 10-foot room without windows in Lahore prison. To show you how bad things were in this story, there was a minorities minister, Shabazz Bati. And in January 2011, the governor of Punjab, Salaman Tazir, were assassinated. Why were they assassinated? Because they defended her. And the opposition, they opposed the blasphemy laws. It went through the process they appealed. And October 16, 2014, the Lahore High Court dismissed the appeal and upheld her death sentence. You go through the long more process, it's kind of similar in some ways to America's process. It all went to the Supreme Court. October 31st, 2018, the Supreme Court acquitted her citing material contradictions and inconsistent statements of the witnesses, which cast a shadow of doubt on the prosecution's version of facts, quote-unquote. Things have happened and escalated over the last couple of weeks with this story. The first one is, the the person who represented this lady, and her name is Asia Bibi, was Dutch. He has had to go back home to, to Holland for fear of his life. But also, the embassy staff of the Dutch consulate embassy in, not consulate, embassy, sorry, in Pakistan, have had to be recalled because they've had threats. Because his, a lawyer who was a Dutch citizen helped get her off. If you've seen the pictures of Pakistan, they're all chanting to kill her. They want her hung. Why did I start today's show by telling you about this? Because I want to raise some serious questions with you. I want to raise some serious issues with you about your country and about your role in all of this. First off, I I, I know I've said this a lot on the air in the last month or two or three, four months. I'm getting really old. And I'm getting really tired and I'm getting really impatient with a lot of things. And that's not a good mix. Hands up, I'll be the first one to say, this is not a good mix. But it's getting harder and harder to stomach certain members of your media. And I've never defended your media, even though when I've said, you know, they're not the enemy to people or, you know, I've said things which I believe are factually accurate. I've been, some people say, well, you're defending them. I've never defended your media. Your media make me sick. Going all the way back to the New York Times during World War II and Walter Cronkite. I'm not a defender of your media. But what annoys me is people will lecture people like me in your country. You know, people who believe in freedom. People will lecture people like who supported or who voted for Donald Trump, whether you liked him or not, as racist, as war on women, as sexist, as xenophobic, as haters yet are silent on this case. You want to talk about a war on women? This is a war on women. But it's not popular because, sadly, that woman also happens to be, don't say it, John, but happens to be a Christian. This is what's going on in the world. You literally have people in the streets chanting for this lady to be hung. Even if, let's say, everything is true, does the punishment fit the crime? That's an old theory, law theory, that used to be going around. I know it's not ever said anymore, because it generally doesn't. It's usually on the light side in today's reform world, and let's help people. But does the punishment fit the crime? How insecure do you have to be in your religion to want to kill someone who blasphemes let me just make this because people say well there you go against muslims john let's talk about christianity i have seen many many things i find vile and disgusting by people against christianity 
I remember in your country, I think it was about six years ago, an artist of high quality huh, decided, oh, it'd be a great idea. I've got this vision of a masterpiece. I'm going to get a bottle and I'm going to pee in it and I'm going to put Jesus in it and I'm going to go sell it because I'm an artist. That was about, what, six, seven years ago? I thought it was dumb. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was showed no imagination. Do I want that person to die? No. If that person, someone said, if some Christian said, kill him, I'd be like, are you out of your mind? Really? That's your answer? We are living in times today, and this is apt for every ideology, for the story I'm talking about, but also true ideologies in of freedom, of tyranny, of government, of anything. Where we're, it is so easy, where you don't like something, to use force to compel people. We are intellectually lazy or just honestly can't be arsed. I don't know if y'all have that saying over here, but we have that over here. We I just I just can't be arsed. Just just I can't just it's too hard work to actually win an argument. Can we make a compelling case for whatever you want? If you believe in socialism, make a compelling case. If you believe in freedom, make a compelling case. But we're into this area where if you don't like something, we have to we either have to use government or we have to use social media to make people outcasts. Oh, you have a different opinion to me. Get him. Get her. They can't have a different opinion. Get him. How about we actually have arguments? How about we have discussions? And let's the chips fall where they may. We'll win some, you'll lose some. But I want to go back to talk about this case because this is crystal clear of what the problems are in the world. Your problems in America right now, you have major problems. We discussed them on this show. We have major problems on foreign policy. You have major problems on economics. You have the debt. You have government not working from under constitutional groundwork. Do you know the one story I heard most about this week? And I just got sick of it every time I heard it. CNN, Jim Acosta and Donald Trump. If that is the state of your country, if that's the biggest problem you have, your country is smelling the roses. Because that's not even an issue. On any site, regardless of whether you're, you like CNN and Jim Acosta and are for the freedom of the press, or whether you like Donald Trump and think he should have done what he did. Regardless of what side. It's a nothing story. It'll blow over. It'll have a couple of days of airtime. It might get a couple more now because CNN is suing the Trump administration. This, which is more important to you? Which actually has a far-reaching consequence to you. Should people be condemned to death for saying something you don't like? Even insulting your prophet. But this is where I want to change the conversation and flip it on its head. People ask me all the time, why do I believe what I believe? And why does an Irishman, whom the chances are, if we have been very blunt about it, may never ever get to live in America. Why do you spend so much time defending America? Why do you spend so much time investing in a country you may never live in and you don't even get paid for it? Why do I do this? Because let me explain the reason for you. The reason is simple. I see America as a country. I love your country. I speak about it all the time. I love your country. I love your people. I defend it all the time. But what I defend more than your country and more than your people is your idea. Because for the longest time in my life, I spent my life going, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. To the point where I annoyed everyone. And everyone's like, okay, genius, what is rice? And I could never answer them. The idea of America is critical. And it reads the world needs those ideas, those principles. America needs those ideas, those principles. The idea that your founders set up a set of government principles where you have a right to freedom of religion. Where you effectively have the right to be free in your conscience. The idea of freedom of religion is not just for religious people. It's so you can practice whatever way you want. If you want to be a Christian, go for it. If you want to be a Muslim, go for it. If you want to be an atheist, go for it. You have the right to decide who you worship and what you worship, if anything. But secondly, 
Because there's another problem with this lady. They are trying to get her out of the country. They are trying to get her out of the country. Because she is not safe in Pakistan. If this mob gets her, they will kill her. The UK, the United Kingdom, the great British Empire, the empire that the sun never sleeps on, the bastion of freedom. Well, they were quoted... You see, they were reached out to by the family and said, "We need to get a bla- we need to get her out." And basically, they have said, uh, "I don't think so. We can't help you." The Home Office actually said, "We advise you not to give a political asylum out of fear for the safety of the UK consular staff in Pakistan." And also because of what would happen to certain people and how certain people would feel in the United Kingdom. Basically, they have said it's not about right versus wrong or the value of life. It's about, well, we don't like to want to deal with the fallout, the consequences of this. They're even now on the record of saying this great little quote where if the objective is to protect life and some other country can provide some more complete safe harbour, why should the UK not be open to working with that country? Let me translate that from political speak to actual English. If the object is actually to stand for something and do the right thing, and some other country can pay the cost that we're not willing to pay because we're too chicken to do the right thing, because we haven't got a set of balls between us, why shouldn't we pass the book to someone else? That's the United Kingdom. The second reason I spend so much time talking about America and understanding and trying to explain the country you were is because whether you like this or not, the world needs you. You are the bastion of hope for the world. You are the light on the hill. You are that shining city on a hill. Those ideas of freedom and willing to do the right thing no matter the personal cost Because you are about the right thing, not about winning or anything else. The world needs you. Because you take America out of this world, who else is going to do it? The United Kingdom has punted on this. Who else? Please, France? France? Canada? Germany? Who? Russia? China? Who is going to be the bastion of freedom? Who is going to stand up and stand for life and say, you know what? When there is persecuted people, we will be there to help you. And this is where I make my last point and I flip the conversation one last time for you. I'm bringing you on a roller coaster of principles on this story, America. The last thing. I look at your politicians and I look at your media. Making such a big deal out of this caravan. I have seen some of the most egregious things said by your media about this caravan. And attacking Donald Trump for standing up for your borders. There are certain people, there are certain stories where I could, as someone who is affected by illegal immigration directly. As someone who has spent 14 years plus trying to get into your country the legal way. I have zero tolerance for illegal immigration. But you know. I could actually make a case. You know. If all the people who deserve. Who should go to America illegally. If they have to. This will be the case. That's a case. That woman is going to die. Her family are going to die. They've paid a price for eight years. Over this story. I would have so much more respect. If Democrats came out and said. You know what. This Asia Bibi. She deserves to be. And if we can't get her asylum. Just come illegally. Just you get to that border and just cross the border and just get to America. Be safe. I would have respect. I would disagree with it, but I would have respect. Because why I would disagree with it is there is a process. America should be. America is built on principles. America is built, I say this each and every week, America is great because Americans are good. The idea of divine providence, the idea of principles, the idea of safe passage. America should have an asylum process that helps people like this. And I know I have no right to a citizenship of America. 
But if I never got to America because America helped people like Asia Bibi, I would accept that. I would at least have respect for your process. Going, you know what? As much as my life sucks, and it does, and I don't belong in Ireland, because it's true, I would respect it if at least then I can go... Well, I'm not, as bad as my life is, and my life may suck in a third, in a first world problem type way. I haven't got the situation Asia Bibby's got. At least I'll respect America for doing the right thing. You have a situation where some of your media, some of your politicians are going, you know what, it's all about that caravan. Get them across. Women and children, even though there's very few women and children to be seen, just come across. No story. And yet are silent. On this story. The question is America. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And please don't. If your answer. I would ask you. Especially as we enter the holiday season. If your answer was. Who do you want to be? And you came up with Donald Trump's America. Or Republicans America. Or Barack Obama's America. Or Ronald Reagan's America. Please spend some time thinking about. Not making it about a person. Making it about a set of values. Who do you want to be, America? Because the world is seeing real evil right now. Is seeing some really bad stuff. And for the life of me, I can't see a way this world survives and prospers. If America is not that leader, and I don't mean it in a military point of way or in in a physical point of way or, you know, let's impose your will. I don't mean it that way. America is at its best. When you are the Statue of Liberty. This is when you're at your best America. When you're not in telling people what to do. You're not enforcing your will telling people what to do. Or inviting people what to do. You're literally the Statue of Liberty. Holding the light of liberty. And saying yes we have this. Come be part of us. But also shining it for the world. You're holding your values your principles. For the world to see. For the world to copy. That is how this world will survive. Don't go anywhere, America. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I'm on social media. Twitter, at Freedom Disciple. Facebook, Jonathan Don 58 Send me a friend request. Send me a follow. Send me a private message. I love engaging with you and discussing things even when you know we agree to disagree. I want to talk to you about another issue that's coming up right now. And again, this is going to be either silence or misreported by your media. Because it is time and time again. Situation in the Middle East and especially Israel over the last week has gotten a lot worse. And certain people in certain segments of society are predicting this is going to lead to a war. I'm not listening, I'm not broadcasting, I don't know. All these quote-unquote experts usually have an agenda. They always either want something. But what you're about to hear is because this is what the media does. The same media who will lecture people like me and you as anti-Semites... The same media who will lecture Donald Trump and call him an anti-Semite as, and as responsible for all those attacks and the pipe bombs and the mo- shootings in the mosques and, you know, I don't know what else. What else can we blame Donald Trump on? Global warming? I, I heard apparently, you know, there's a big report, I don't want to talk about it, a big report that, you know, apparently global warming is going to start affecting male fertility and we're all going to start having less kids because males are not going to be as fertile anymore because... Global warming. It just seems it's either global warming or Donald Trump. It's everything is their fault. But you're about to hear all the reports of how Israel is such a bad nation. Israel is an apartheid state. Israel is the great Satan in the Middle East. You know, on a personal note, because I, I feel one of the things sometimes people, especially if you like Donald Trump. People sometimes, I don't, I'm trying to word this the right way. Sometimes people think I don't, I'm not sympathetic to their frustrations. I am. I get frustrated. I, I get as frustrated as you. I look at the media and I'm, I look at 
them fawning over Barack Obama because he was back out on the campaign trail, and I see them fawning over Hillary Clinton because apparently you know, she's thinking about running for 2020 because, yay, maybe if I may give her a piece of advice, you know, maybe her campaign slogan for 2020 should be, you know, three times the charm, America, maybe. Or maybe you're going to do what you always do and reject a Hillary Clinton because, you know, you don't like her. But I feel your frustration. I, I I share it. It's just I don't respond in – I let the frustration subside and then I go, let's deal with this factually. Let's deal with this principally. Let's deal with this logically. The frustration is because you're going to see politicians. You're going to see European politicians. You're going to see the UN. You're going to see all the media. Israel is the great Satan. And they will lecture us about anti-Semitism and how we're anti-Semitic at the same time. We need to be, now more than ever, as factually accurate as possible. We need to share the case of what is happening in the Middle East, especially what's happening in Israel and Gaza. I hope that we can live in a time where there is peace between both nations. Yes, I said both nations and both sets of people. I I hope we live in a day where we actually, as people, can understand, you know what? Hamas is a terrorist organization. It's been classed as a terrorist organization. And stop, fu- stop puss, I can't say this, stop pussyfooting around the facts. I can't speak English today. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Simple. It's been classified by the US government and many other agencies as. Israel's history of peace is incredible. You know, Israel has two peace deals with two countries, Egypt and Jordan, with that were two nations originally that wanted to destroy them. And they gave up and made sacrifices so they could have a peace. And they have a lasting peace with both nations. So much so now that negotiations that are going on between Palestine and Israel, Egypt is involved in them, trying to get a deal between the two people. What you have is a situation in Israel and Palestine where one set of people is okay with everyone existing. He just wants to survive. They just want to live in peace. And you have another set of people who is ruled and influenced by a group that is a terrorist group who in their own charter admit they want to wipe out all the Jews. That is no basis for groundwork for peace. That is no foundation where you have a group saying, we don't think you have a right to exist. Until the world gets this fact and gets this one simple fact, you will not have peace. How can you have a peace deal or a peace treaty when someone says you don't have a right to exist? There is no, where do you go from there? Oh, well, let's be compromised. Let's meet in the middle. Half our people can exist and half you can murder. Or 60% can live and 40% have to die. Where's the compromise? What you have in this world is pure evil. And yes, I am calling Hamas, not the Palestinian people, Hamas, pure evil. We need to start calling evil by its name. And be the generation that actually makes inroads on these issues. And when I say inroads, I don't mean with the media. The media couldn't find a way out of a paper bag in the right way if I gave them a map and a constitution. They would still get it backwards. I don't mean with politicians, because politicians will do what politicians do. They'll be influenced. They'll go whatever way the wind is blowing. If something is popular, they'll jump on that bandwagon as quick as you can say, Candy Crush. That's what they do. And if you don't believe me, let me use an example of Hillary Clinton. Do you remember that famous speech she gave in the Senate, 2009, I think it was, about marriage being a fundamental bedrock principle? And then, like, a couple of years, she was like, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with gay marriage. People will change with the wind flow. They'll evolve. They'll progress. Where we need to make inroads is in the people. 
in our fellow citizens, and I say this as someone who lives in Ireland, and share the truth about what is going on in Israel. Is Israel a perfect nation? No, no nation is. But what you have is a set of people where if you're gay in Israel, you can live. If you're Muslim in Israel, you can live. Was it last year or the year before? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not hip, I'm not cool. With, I believe that Miss Israel was a Muslim. You know, the, the fashion contest and the, the beauty pageants. I believe it was either last year or the year before. It was a Muslim. Can you imagine Miss Palestine or Miss Iran being an, a Jew? And yet the left wants to lecture us about tolerance. Where do you stand on these issues? Because right now in your culture, everyone's getting outraged about CNN and Jim Acosta. Look, there's nothing you can say about Jim Acosta that's not already known. We have a saying over here, and I know you all have it over there as well. If Jim Acosta was a bar of chocolate, he'd eat himself. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Is it worth getting your knickers in a twist about? No. Sorry, I, I can't answer that. My answer is no. I'm just using this story not because I don't want to talk about it. I'm just using this as the latest outrage of the day, if I may quote my boss. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to focus in on real stories and real principles and make a real difference? Or do you just want to get outraged? Do you just want to get angry? That and change nothing. Because let me ask you an example. If the favorable outcome, what's the favorable outcome in the whole CNN, Jim Acosta, Donald Trump thing? And let me think, whatever your favorable outcome is, you get it. Does it change anything? Let's say your favorable outcome is Jim Acosta never stepped foot on the White House again. Great. Okay, you got it. You telling me CNN will have another lackey just like Jim Acosta, just name differently, look differently, speak differently, but we'll probably say the same things. And then we'll just get him banned. And then CNN will have another one. What's the answer? We have a situation right now where if we actually sit down and be honest and look ourselves in the mirror and go, we have real issues to face. And you can make a difference. With social media, it is so easy to make a difference. Start your own show. Get writing. Have conversations with people privately. Hey, can I talk to you about this? Whether it's about Israel, whether it's about the debt, whether it's about economics, whether it's about the Constitution, whether it's about the Founding Fathers, whether it's about freedom, whether it's about limited governments, whether it's, hey, let's just leave people alone. And whether it's about the Bill of Rights, whether you know you have a right to freedom of religion, and that affects everyone, whether you have a right to a free press, whether you have a right to free speech, whether you have a right to Second Amendment, the right to self-defense, whether you have a right to be secure in your persons and your papers, whether you have a right to a fair trial, whether you have a right to a speedy trial, like that lady in Pakistan, Bibi. She was convicted in 2010, only now the Supreme Court, eight years later, is saying, yeah, you can get off. Eight years of her life is wasted. Is that, a, is that a principle you should discuss? A speedy trial? A fair and speedy trial? Because, yet again, let me be honest. If America doesn't stand for these principles, who will? Who Who's the great leader? Who's the great country coming up talking about freedom? Theresa May in Brexit in England? Please. Macron in France? Really? Merkel in Germany? Or maybe it's Trudeau in in Canada. Who? Where are the great leaders for freedom? You were born for this time. You were born with a purpose. You can make a difference. The question is whether you want to or not. Whether you actually want to talk about real things or if you want to talk about outrages. Don't go anywhere, America. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Before we get to the, the final part of the show, and I just want to talk to you just from the heart about the period of time we're entering. I just want to thank everyone who's supporting the website freedomsdisciple.com, the store we, we um, launched. We're raising money for Mercury One. We started out with two hoodies. Um, one was, which was really popular with you guys, America Making the Impossible Possible since 1776. Um, we also then did a 
never personal always principles hoodie well i'm delighted to tell you we also now have added new hoodies they're available now and we're going to have a few sales coming up with um, black friday and cyber monday so check out some deals we'll have some promo codes available on those days but just want to tell you about some of the hoodies that we did because i'm really proud of them they're designs and um, one is um, on the front it's team freedom on the back it's the battles of the day it's not left versus right but the battles of the day it's liberty not tyranny freedom not freebies and nature's law not man's law so that's pretty much the way i see the world then we have another one um i had to do this hoodie because i it's on part of my show each and every week america is great because americans are good we did another hoodie which i'm really excited about it's about life advice um you'll be able to go if you go to freedomsdisciple.com slash store you'll see all these hoodies there's t-shirts as well ladies t-shirts guys t-shirts um life advice dream big ignore the naysayers invest in you work hard and never ever quit you want to be successful i think that's the recipe for success um we also then people ask me for a freedoms disciple hoodie i just created one um with the logo educate and courage and power it's what i try and do each and every week and then last last two hoodies are um freedom not freebies that's what we're about that's the ideology of our show and then last one which i'm going to share a story with you in case you don't know the story but it's think speak behave like you're determined to be free that's based and modeled off the the general wayne quote from the revolutionary war if you haven't heard that story go research it but we will be telling that story on the air in the next couple of weeks so if you're interested please consider supporting us it's not about making money for me it's about raising funds for mercury one and the nazarene fund very charity close to my heart but also i think the products are really great people have got them have loved them they've really they've sent pictures they're on my social media i wear them i love them so please consider uh checking it out and especially with the holidays and christmas coming up you know they make great gifts make you know fill your stockings and also you're getting to help a great charity I want to finish up today's show by, you know, I've given you a lot of principles and, you know, a lot of bad stuff that's happening in the world. I want to take a step back and just explain to you why I th- I'm so excited for this period of time. I And it's it's one of the time I always want to be in America. There's not a day that goes by that I wake up and go, I want to be in America today. I want to be in America every day. But the time of year I want to be in America most is this time. This time of year. I love this time of year because you get... If you understand the meanings of each of the holidays, you really get the importance of why, you know, your nation is so special. You're entering a period of time where you're going to have Thanksgiving. And you're entering a period of time where your founders actually starved, you know, fasted for the day and gave thanks, gave thanks for rain. You know, when you actually read the history of Thanksgiving, that idea of thanking someone for rain is incredible and just been thankful and i think you know as more as i get older and as i'm you know a mature quote unquote i don't want to say i'm mature yet because i'm still a child at heart you know and those that you know me know it's true um just been thankful for everything we have so as bad as the world is as much as the world sucks right now there is so much to be thankful for there are so many great and amazing things that we couldn't have done five years ago, couldn't have done ten years ago. You know, even something simple like my shop. You know, the idea that, you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago to set up a business um wouldn't have been would have been a nightmare. You know, it, you know, how does someone in Ireland set up a store to sell stuff in America, made in America, to Americans? Logistically it's impossible. It's or it's very hard. You have to know the right people. Whereas now anybody can do it. Just set up a store, do the the IT, add it to your website. You know, all these different apps, you know, like to connect with PayPal and stuff. You know, design your hoodies. Just go and boom. And then as someone buys it, you know, it's created by another company and it's shipped out. It's incredible. There is so much to be thankful for. There are so many things that we should be thankful for that are part of our society today. You know, it's easier today than ever before to learn about your history. There's a lot of distractions out there. But it's so easy to learn about your history. There's so many things to be thankful for. Because we really are blessed. But we're also blessed in a way that not many people, I think, appreciate today. Because as bad as the world is, 
there's a great analysis if you ever if you do business you'll you'll probably come across this analysis but and everyone always only does it half they only never complete it and it's analysis called SWOT S W O T and what you do is you take an honest look at your business you can also use it for your life and it's basically you put a piece of paper and you do a cross on it and you have four little boxes and you have your strengths your weaknesses your opportunities and your threats and everyone just looks as a, as a diagnostic. Let's just analyze our business. What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What opportunities have we gotten? What are our threats? Well, it, that's half the job. The second part of the job, which very few people do, is how do you turn your threats into opportunities and your weaknesses into strengths? We are living in a time where there is great evil. And we can get down about that and go, it's a threat or it's a weakness. Or we can be excited And look at it as an opportunity. An opportunity to shape the world. An opportunity to serve others. If you're a Christian or a Jew and you want to talk about heaven, it's easier today than ever before to get into heaven. You know, in past days, you know, in the greatest generation, you had to really stand out maybe. Or in generations where there wasn't that much evil. How do you really get a, you know, a first ballot hall of fame straight into heaven? How do you get there? Whereas in today's world, if you just be not even perfect, but just, you know, stand for what is right and do the right thing, you're pretty much a first ballot into heaven. It's a great opportunity. We can look at the times that we live in as down and upsetting, and there's a, there's a lot of reasons to be upset and depressed. But if we can work on our mindset together and actually look at it as an opportunity to be a part of a movement that actually really gets freedom, where we explain it to the next generation. It's an opportunity. And then you also then have the second holiday, which is Christmas. If you celebrate it, if you're Christian, if you're not, you know, you might celebrate Hanukkah or whatever different version you celebrate. But the time of year where you got a Christmas tree, you got to be with your family, you got to give gifts you got to see the Christmas lights. I, I, I can't wait for the Christmas tree to go up in my house. I know Americans do it all really early. Some people already have it up, and we always wait till December and just have it and just to, the magic of it, coming home every night because the, the nights have drawn in. It's dark. And just driving up to your house because we have it in the front room and just seeing the Christmas tree lights on, it just warms my heart. And you have the whole history of... You know, Christmas and Jesus Christ and the Savior coming. And it reminds you that you're part of a bigger plan. That, you know, you do have a Savior. And then you move on to the third holiday, which is New Year's. A chance for rebirth. A chance for, okay, let's start a new chapter in our lives. That old chapter, 2018, really was great or it was good or it was bad. But 2019 is going to be my year. And you have that trio of holidays that fit into each other so perfectly in America. America, you have major problems. The world has major problems right now. But the same truth that I've said to you for the last five, ten years is still true today. You, there is no problem that you face that you cannot fix You have the roadmap. You're just not using it right now. It's just not cool to use it right now. You're trying something different, and that's cool. Your roadmap will always be there. That roadmap is the Constitution of the United States. Those ideas are enshrined in both your Bill of Rights and your Declaration of Independence. You have the roadmap to be successful. I will be your biggest cheerleader. I will be your biggest defender as the idea of America. And I will also be your biggest promoter as possible. You have the roadmap. They're not my principles. They're yours. It's not my history. It's yours. In 2019, I have plans and I'll be telling them, when the time is right, I'll let you know. But I'll say this to you. And I'd ask you not to ask me any more about this, but I'm working on something right now. That if I get a bit of luck, and God grants us that makes it happen, 
I will be spending a lot of time in your nation in 2019. I am working on something that I am so excited about. Because in 2019 is going to be the year that I do more than I've ever done for your nation before. And I will be among you helping. As we approach this Thanksgiving, try and remember why your nation is exceptional. Try and just remember parts of your history. You truly are an exceptional nation. And you can be and you will be once again. When you return to those principles of nature's law and nature's God that are written about in your Declaration of Independence, your Constitution and your Bill of Rights. You have it in you, America. Each generation of Americans has always got to overcome a major obstacle. You're at that obstacle right now. And I'm going to be with you 100% of the way, making sure you overcome it. Because you have greatness inside of you. You have great potential inside of you. And once again, you will be that Statue of Liberty. Where you are that beacon of hope for the world. Because if not you, who? If not now, when? There will not be a show this time next week because it's Thanksgiving. But we'll be back the first Saturday in December. Got some exciting things to talk to you about. And then we will march on to 2019. And I cannot wait to share the project and the journey I'm about to embark on. Have a beautiful and blessed Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with your family. Enjoy some turkey. And don't forget to check out freedomsdisciple.com slash store on, on both Black Friday and Cyber Monday for some deals. And every, remember, all the profits go to Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. We finish this show the same way we finish each and every show, America. We salute your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. Why? America is great because Americans are good. Until Saturday the 1st, America, have a beautiful and blessed week, and happy Thanksgiving. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.